Well, good evening and grace and peace to everyone on today. We want to thank God for all of you that are joining us on tonight. And we want to thank you because why this is Tuesday Night Live. And we want to thank God for all of you that are joining us and, and joining us from wherever you are joining us from. And uh, we have an amazing, amazing uh, show for y'all on tonight. A conversation, rather. I don't really want to call it a show, but... A conversation for you all on tonight and so um, we really want to look forward to that this is part two of last week uh, the church's compromise of racism and we had a very lively and hearty conversation on last week but before we bring on our guests I want to thank God for all of you that are watching from all of the places that you are watching whether you are watching us on Facebook live in the prophets teaching group uh, on our Facebook page, we want to thank God for the Prophets Teacher Group and Apostle Ken Cox and Prophetess Savina Cox. We thank God for you all and for allowing us to share in your platform to all of our YouTube live watchers, Periscope, and also we can't forget our live uh, audience on Roku. Uh, those of you who have not already downloaded our Roku channel, you can download our Roku channel. Go to Roku and look up the Oasis television network and please download our uh channel listen and we have great news because we're branching out so we're getting ready in july we will be uh stepping out into uh fire tv and apple tv so you'll be able to download us wherever you can watch movies wherever you can watch television wherever you can watch streaming if you have a streaming device you'll be able to stream and watch on apple tv fire tv roku um, as well as on Facebook Live. And so we give God glory for uh, a, enlarging our borders and giving us the grace to be able to do his will. Amen. Now it gives me great pleasure to be able to introduce, reintroduce our panel. And listen to me, I need to get my stuff together. It has been some kind of evening. But I want to reintroduce our panel that is here with us on tonight and I'm so excited about them being here again and taking the time to spend this evening with us and, and to conversate and share their thoughts about uh, the church and racism and to be able to really just bring some clarity, some healing, some hope uh, concerning these things that we are facing in the church and so I want to make sure that I do justice to everyone I'm going to have to put my glasses on. So let's get everybody uh, up in here, all right, and let's add them to the stream on tonight. Looking forward to this conversation on tonight, and uh, we just bless the Lord for all that he's going to say and how he's going to move in our midst on tonight. I'm just really excited and looking forward to this on tonight. So tonight we have um, in the middle to my, I have to learn how to point the right way, so it'll be to my left. You're right, <laughs> Pastor <laughs> Tina Booker, amen. We want to thank God for Pastor Tina Booker. She is uh, the founder of Build to Build Nation. Also, she is the founder of uh, New York City Diaspora Connect. You need to get a hold of that. That is just uh, just an amazing, amazing networking community. Amen. And uh, she is a pastor uh, and, and, and just doing so much in the kingdom of God, a former corrections officer. I cannot forget that she is a retired corrections officer from the New York Corrections uh, 
uh, New York City Corrections. Amen. Hallelujah. So we thank God for her. Thank God also for Nia Nicole Daniels, who is a speaker, author, and master vision coach from Burlington, New Jersey. We thank God for her. Amen. Also, we want to introduce Prophetess Laura Renee Deegan, which is right below uh, Nia Nicole. And uh, she is the founder of Prophetic Fire Kingdom Network and also a realtor in Lakeland, Florida. Did I get that right this time? Is that Lakeland? What is it? Say the right. I'm in Spring Hill, the Spring Hill. Spring Hill. Amen. Amen. I don't know why I'm trying to put her in Lakeland. Lord have mercy. That's where I'm from. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we thank God we got it. All right. Uh, Spring Hill. Florida. Amen. And then last but certainly not least is Dr. Kawana McGinnis, who is a Christian counselor and executive pastor of Restoration Christian Center in Brooklyn, New York. So welcome tonight, ladies. Welcome, welcome. It was not my intention to only have females with us on tonight, but that's the way God had it. So to God be the glory. Let's get into Yes, right? Let's get into our conversation. Uh, we just want to look uh, for um, God to just have his way and really to just bring hope and healing, amen, in the midst of all the things that we have been dealing with in the church. And I, I see that things have not really calmed down that much. Um, I was hoping that maybe they would, but they have not. So we do need to uh, deal with a couple of things. And I do have a couple of video snippets that I want us to look at uh, tonight as we are continuing our conversation. And while you all who are joining us that are watching us by way of Facebook, we want to ask you if you would please tag, share, uh, invite your friends. We want them to get in here and be in this conversation because this is going to be an amazing conversation. And it was so enlightening uh, 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 and, and, and just helpful on last week. So we want to get started with our questions. Um, and I want to, before we get to the questions, I want us to look really quickly at a video here that we're going to show real quick. And it's just like, uh, about a minute and a half. And I want you to just take a look at this. And our, our question is going to be, we're going to take, look at this video and our question is going to springboard from this video. So here you go. Hold on one second. Colorblindness has been a way that white communities have typically said, you know, I'm not racist. I don't see race. I'm colorblind. The loss, the trivialization of human connection and human community when it is homogenous, when it is um, a monoculture, is actually clearly spelled out in scripture. histories clearly have to do with particular groups who were racialized in particular ways. Whiteness is a category that is an American creation. It was created in, in American colonial times. There's been a tendency among whites to reduce racism to an intentional malicious act. And, you know, most of us think we don't do that. If we come to this table that has all this promise, 
and we don't tell the truth about this huge wound that has really divided the church, our country, neighborhoods, schools, communities, relationships, families, <coughs> then how are we really partaking in, in the feast? It's not that we're identifying the only form of brokenness that exists in the human community or the church, but we are highlighting one that is just rather stark and historically um, real and ongoing and unaddressed. You know, I hope that music didn't put you to sleep, first of all, okay? It was just like, that was a little relaxing right there. <laughs> but I hope that didn't put you to sleep. Um, and so um, I I, I uh, came across this video uh, last week, and I didn't have the opportunity to share with everyone that video. Um, and I thought that this was speaking to something that um, is very pivotal for us as a church to be able to address because one of the things that we love to say is I don't see color. I'm, I don't see color. When I look at you, I just see my brother. I just see my sister. Well, that is a bold-faced lie because I think we all see color. And so the question is, uh, do you really think that believers are colorblind? And, and I believe that the uh, person speaking who wrote the book about, you know, brokenness uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, that we're dealing with in the church is that we have to, if we're going to come to the table, we have to address the fact that, number one, prejudice is not just a heinous act or, or being malicious toward other people. Sometimes there's an undercurrent. So let me ask that. Do you believe that believers believe that they're colorblind or that you do you think that that is a possibility that anybody could actually be colorblind don't shout me down I, now <laughs> i said tonight i'm not gonna be doing all that talking <laughs> and i ain't gonna be the first one to talk. but um if you guys if you don't mind i'll i'll take a stab at it Okay, so um, the concept of colorblindness and I don't see color at face value almost sounds like it is an innocent and a non-harmful philosophy, but it's mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. um, for a lot of different reasons. But some particular reasons I want to discuss really briefly, really quickly today <coughs> is that to say that the church is colorblind or that you're colorblind or you don't see color, you deny the beauty of our diversity and the cultural, um, historical relevance of where we come from. Like, I'm a black woman. When you see me, you're going to know it. You know that it comes with the rich heritage, mm -hmm. whether you are African-American, whether you are um, Italian-American, Polish-American, Asian-American, Latino-American. Mm -hmm. When you say things like, I don't see color, it 
it, it sounds like it's innocent, but it is a, a way to kind of take the race conversation off the table. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people use it when they're uncomfortable and don't know how to say let's be united and let's be together. Instead, it's like, I don't see color. Mm-hmm. And it almost shuts down the conversation that is very important that needs to occur. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes away our ability to connect and to empathize with other people as well. We need to celebrate diversity the way God celebrates diversity. So to say you don't see color is to say that I don't understand the magnificence of all of these different beautiful cultures and backgrounds and experiences Mm -hmm. that um, we all bring to the table. But to me, the more significant one, it is like um, when you say I don't see color, Mm -hmm. it is like saying there's something wrong with having culture like there's something wrong with it so let's just kind of shut it down let's not talk about it let's not engage in this discussion so uh, just basically I think people when they say it it's a way of trying to um, diffuse any potential crisis that's going to come around the the race (coughs) conversation but to do that you diminish you know the, the challenges race is important and also racism is real and when you don't acknowledge it you know you kind of make the people who have these diverse cultures and backgrounds and may have experienced difficulties just because of their race you diminish them and um i don't think it's mean uh, like people mean to do it but it definitely does diminish the experience of those people of um, ethnic and racial minorities okay so, okay that was a good answer. Who wants to pick up next? <laughs> I, I totally. Okay, go ahead. No, I was saying the same. I um, I totally agree. I, I definitely think that to say that you know anything about colorblind doesn't matter in our religious beliefs. It, it's an untruth, and as believers of believers in God and knowing who we are and what we represent to pretend or that's like telling the children that the Easter bunny lays eggs. We, we can't pretend that we don't see color. We can't pretend that we're all we have we all come from different cultures, ethnicities, you know, <coughs> even even, even um, financially different classes, uh, you know, we, we can't pretend and until we decide to have the real hard conversations within the body of Christ, okay. we're mm-hmm. going to continue to be a part of the problem. And I think that's where part of the problem comes from. But uh, people look to their religious beliefs to get guidance, to mm-hmm. do the right thing, mm-hmm. to understand so many things that go on in the world and in society. And if we can't be transparent, especially as leaders, and have these hard conversations, we won't even have conversations with the pastors that look just like us next door to us. Mm-hmm. So to say that anything about colorblind, that would be a total untruth for anybody to say, oh, I don't see, I just see love, and I just see, no, we can't because we all, we, we all come from different backgrounds. When you meet your first friend in elementary school, you see something different than what you've seen in your home all the time. So I think that it's very important to be transparent and let let your congregations and your brothers and sisters know, yeah, we yeah, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, but we also are very different. So 
by our position in him collectively as a group of people of multi-diversities, multi-ethnicities, but yet he still called us a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation, and we are people that are chosen in his possession. So I don't think they literally mean it literally. And I do agree with you that some people that try to play that card with that phrase yeah. that I'm uh, colorblind, whether it's the, the white side, the black side, right. the Spanish side, it doesn't matter what's like. I think that's a cheap way. If you're trying to imply it like that, mm-hmm. it's just ignorance because that doesn't even make no sense. But for many of us that are not ignorant, <laughs> if we say anything like that, what I'm applying is that I love you. I don't care what color you are. I celebrate. I can clearly see you are a black woman and you are gorgeous. God made you unique. I, you know, I hope you see me and say, you know what? You a white woman. You got big hands. God made you unique. <laughs> you know, we should celebrate each other's differences and not deny who we are. But I think we need to really deal with the subject as we're talking about tonight that we kind of need to educate the people instead of just using that phrase uh, as a bypass for talking about racism and not really addressing it, that they need to really imply it, what they're saying the way they really mean it and quit using an expression. Would y'all agree? That That's definitely something that we have to um, deal with because for the most part, that's part of the issue. And we feel like if we say, I don't see color, or if we admit that we have certain issues and the reality is we all have prejudices we don't realize it until we find ourselves in those situations we all have things that that we look at certain people groups and we say this is what they are this is how they are you know what i'm saying we have negative uh, connotations that we use to describe certain people groups you may not say it here on this live but you might say it in your personal conversation sometime you know what I'm saying? And I say you, and I mean you in the collective sense, like me too. And so God was dealing with my dealing with me and and um about that, that though we're not, we might try to say that we're colorblind, we gotta realize that we really aren't. And we and and stop using excuses to not deal with our differences. And and that's right. part of what we have to be able to do because sometimes different when we see different people, you know, who do things differently than we do, we don't always know how to make those adjustments. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's part of our, part of our difficulty. And so, um, so now that we know that we're not colorblind, right? How do you, how do you address that? Uh, you know, because just like one of the speakers was saying, how can we come to the table? You know what I'm saying? How can we come to the table and feast? where Jesus is calling us to come and die. How can we do that when we won't admit that we have prejudices? How do we deal with people who are saying, I'm colorblind, I don't see color. How would you address that to someone? You know, my our goal is always to seek to educate and seek for understanding and to dwell together in unity. So when I kind of understand, just like all the ladies said, that some people use the term Mm -hmm. in a way of saying, I love you irregardless of your race or your culture, which Mm -hmm. is still inappropriate. Um, (laughs) The the thing I would try to do to address it is like, you know what? I think I understand where you're coming from. 
But let's have a discussion. Let's talk about what do you mean by that? I'll ask questions to explore. Mm-hmm. And um, usually people will kind of, uh, I guess, reveal, you know, their heart and their desires or their discomfort with dealing with the subject. Mm-hmm. So I like to try to, you know, make it palatable so that we can open up this discourse between us. Like, right. yeah, I'm, I'm African-American. I'm a black girl. I am. And when you see me, I tell people all the time, I can be um, bougie bougie, or I can be hood, you know, but at the end of the day, I want you to respect me and the diversities that I have. So my goal will be, let's have, let's talk, let's talk about it. Like, what do you mean by that you're colorblind? Tell, tell me. And I'll just seek to try to get them to come to their own revelation. Like, wow, I said that because I'm uncomfortable with dealing with the subject. Mm-hmm. So once people are aware, the first step is being aware yes. you know, of these biases. Um, once they're aware of it, then we can start the discourse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody else want to hit that before we go into the next question? Okay, so here, here's, the, here's our next springboard right here, okay? Now, because we're talking about the church and racism, we know that nothing happens by surprise. God ain't shocked, right? And, and God said, his word says he'll do nothing. Somebody say nothing. 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 Except he first revealed it to his servants, the prophets. Well, I want us to digest this for a second, and then we're going to go to our next question. For the nation. The Lord says in 2020, listen to this phrase, oil will be tested. We will find out who is who. In other words, there will be a great division in the body of Christ. Those who are truly with the Lord will stand out. And those who have been playing with the Lord will be revealed. That which can be shaken will be shaken. But that which remains will prosper and rise up. This is a time of mergers, alliances, submission. You must have strong alliances, connections for the war that is to come. It's a spiritual war. There's a great divide coming in the church. Politics and race will play a major role in this divide. Blacks are about to leave churches that have white leadership, that show no empathy or concern for their black. A lot of African Americans have left African American churches and submitted to white leadership, and it's been all right, but a lot of these white leaders are, y'all ready for this, undercover racists. Tell you what I hear. And politics have been revealing their hearts. The Lord says this. Now listen to what I'm about to say to y'all. Y'all know when I say it, it's coming to pass. You might as well mark it. An alarming amount of whites are about to join black churches. Eyes will be opened. The days of, listen to this, the gospel being preached around prosperity are over. Celebrity preachers will fade and never return. Significant, relevant, and popular voices will rise up. But God will not allow celebrities to run the body of Christ in the form of preachers anymore. Okay, so I want to stop that there because I didn't want that to go on because, honey, that's a whole service by itself, okay? So, now, I had not heard that until this past week. Because, you know, I like to do my research. And so when I find stuff, I'll save it because I knew that we were going to be having this discussion again. And I remember us having a conversation last week and I was saying that God uses people to shake the earth. He uses people to shake the earth. And he, and he also uses people, and by his spirit, he's going to shake everything that has to be shaken so that that, that cannot be shaken 
will remain, as his word says. And we are seeing this shaking taking place. Now, you know, of course, every word is submitted for your discernment, okay? However, I have to say that some of the things that have taken place thus far has been in alignment with that because we have heard uh, just a few, and I want your take on this. This is not in your template that I sent to you, but I'm curious to know. Now, have you all heard of, of um, Pastor Louis Giglio? Okay. I wished I could have got a hold of the clip. Uh, he said that, and I want your take on this. How should we handle this? How do we speak to, uh, how do we speak to our congregations to redirect them when we have leaders that are, and we know that God is exposing, so we have to deal with it. But he got up and he said he was doing a an interview with Lecrae, who is a gospel rapper, and he had another gentleman sitting with him, and he said that he wanted to use a different word instead of saying white privilege. He said he wanted to call, he wanted to say that the things that happen with racism in America and slavery in America, and, and I am uh, uh, paraphrasing, um, so he said that, you know, the things that have happened in you know, with this or whatever, that he didn't want to call it white privilege. He said he realizes that white people have been able to attain certain position or whatever because of what happened during the, you know, during the Jim Crow era, during the, you know, the times of racism in the in, in, in here in America. But his words were, we don't want to call it white privilege anymore. He said, we should call it white blessing. What do you think of that? Now, he retracted his statement after they drug him all over Twitter. <laughs> and I have to say, they drug him all over Twitter. And now that's our Caucasian brother. He's our brother. And I'm going to talk about some black preachers who said some things that I disagree with. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right. But what do you think? Do you think, do you think that... This should be called white blessing. That it's a blessing. Oh, okay, and here's Apostle Negron said he saw that he saw that interview. That was a little fiery. Yeah. It, it, it's absolutely not a blessing. God don't bless. He don't harm while he blesses. That's not how God operates. He's not gonna hurt me to bless you. He's not going to do that. That's not the God we serve. Right. That's not how he operates. So, first of all, when I heard um, the statement and I heard that Lecrae got a lot of backlash behind it as well mm -hmm. for not um, checking that situation. Right. But at the end of the day, what I will say is that we're all human and that God will expose things. Mm -hmm. Even if it's if, even if it's publicly to correct who you are, God will expose. Yes. And he said what he meant. He said what he felt. And sometimes in order to have these conversations, we have to be able to hear yeah. what people are thinking to have those conversations that we're talking about right now. Right. Lecrae should have challenged him or asked more, more questions or why uh, what is a blessing? Mm -hmm. What is your definition of a blessing? 
Mm-hmm. First and foremost, because now God blesses according to uh, color and ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Is that the God we serve? Is that how he blesses? So this again goes back to the same thing we've been saying for the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Until we start having these um, hard conversations, admitting <laughs> admitting our own biases, and also calling out those brothers and sisters as if you were your biological brother or sister, your best friend. When we see them, if they do something wrong, we say something. We correct it. Mm-hmm. When we say, I'm going to check it. That's my girlfriend, but I'm going to get her together. That's my brother, but I'm going to tell him how it is. Mm-hmm. Those are the times where we can be, if we have to be open. Um, one thing we always say, what? You can, can always correct as long as you correct in love. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I like So I, I would have just, I, listen, I'm not going to be offended in situations swallowing. Right. I would have clearly said, first of all, I'm offended. As a black woman, It's echoing. Okay, say that again, that last part. Would that be black privilege? I said, that's like prophetess being my white sister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a black man killed her next door neighbor, which is another white person, and stole the TV and gave it to me. And I say, well, I don't call that. I, I, I don't call, I don't call that uh black privilege or whatever, I call that a black blessing, almost to say, because that's how harmful. Mm. It, there, there, it wasn't just slavery, uh, it was murders and rape yeah. and things worse than that that happened. Crimes committed, things that people go to jail this day right here for life for is what was happening to us with no repercussions. Yeah, that, and so that's true, that that's true. Me and that brother would have yeah, had to have a sit down. Yeah, and and that was what the purpose was. It was supposed to be an open conversation. Um, I want to get some of the other ladies. Can you chime in on that? What are what are your thoughts about uh, about that? Yeah, you know, I really would like to say you're not. You cannot call a dirty, broken bottle a scalpel. If you're a physician. And you go into the operating room, you need proper tools that have been sterilized. You can't come in with soda bottles, beer bottles, alcohol bottles, broken, and use those to perform surgery and say, but they still cut. And what I mean by that is just because he's saying that white privilege is now white blessing doesn't make it so. A broken, dirty bottle is still a broken, dirty bottle. Yeah. And if you're not using the right uh, tools, and you, you can put whatever label you want on it. Yeah. It doesn't change what is actually there. Can of peaches. If I put peas on the label, it's still a can of peaches when I get home. And, and so we really have to begin, as uh, Pastor Tuna said, to have to listen to to endure the hard conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think communication is really key 
definitions are really key. We have to begin because we're all communicating like we're in Babylon with different definitions. Right. Even Prophetess Deacon said, if someone they don't see copper, they mean something different. It's like we need a thesaurus. We need a dictionary. We have to sit down, first of all, and go back to the basics. We have to identify what words mean because we're saying the same words, but we're meaning different things. Words evolve and they change. Do. They do. My husband says it all the time. Years awful meant God was full of all. Mm -hmm. Now today when we say awful, it takes on a negative connotation. We don't use it as much when we're referring to the awfulness or the wonderfulness of God. Mm -hmm. and, and conversation is key in culture. So we all, even dispositions, body language, when we come to the table, if you don't understand someone's culture, you may be offended by body language that was never meant to offend. Tones. Yes. Speaking loudly. Yes. Speaking softly. Yes. From the household you come from, the population you come from. My husband's household and his family spoke very, very low. In my family, we spoke very, very loud. I have a friend. This is an Italian American. So we're going to make you an honorary Italian because y'all speak as loud as we do. And so different cultures take on different tones. We need some definitions on the table. And, and, and we got to bring our good, good armor so we can stop being real sensitive to the weather and have some heart. We need some prayed up. Let's go back to prayer. We need some consecrated, prayed up Christians. Yes. And we need to sit at the table, Christians that have Yes. And we need to have these hard conversations. That's the only way we're going to be able to fix these things. You cannot have an interview and you put something out and you're scared to have the hard conversation and to respond to it just so you can keep getting people to watch your, your talk show or your discussion or whatever. Right. You have to be willing to confront the issues that you bring to the forefront. When you are a Christian, you can't remain neutral. That's you right. have to remain in God's favor. Yeah. I digress. But that's that's an absolute uh, that's a good point because um, translation um, understanding and this is a case in point that across cultures even using the terminology colorblind across cultures that we can take it to mean one thing and someone else take it to mean something else we absolutely have to choose a side and it's God's side. That we gotta choose, and the thing about it is, and I and I totally agree that we have to be able to. You can't come to the table if you're afraid to use the knife and your fork. You got you those utensils are there for a reason. So sometimes we're gonna have to cut. You know what I'm saying? And so these are things that are necessary. But the fact that this was preceded by you know these things that we are experiencing was preceded this season was preceded by a prophetic word. We have to be able to navigate through this properly. And it's going to take conversations. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take us fasting. It's going to take us going to God and repenting and asking him to help us so that we can be able to be one. I want to move on real quickly. Oh, wait, oh. Apostle, can I please say something about um, <laughs> uh, what you, this subject? Please. Okay, just I just need you to be very brief because we want. We, I'm looking at our time, and I want us to be able to get through some more of these questions because we can't do a part three. Go ahead, go ahead. 
Okay, good, great. So I really do have to address the issue of white privilege and why that term is so important to use it in its accuracy. First of all, in the Bible, uh, the sixth chapter of Luke, the Bible says, "For the out of the mouth um, speaks the abundance of the heart or whatever the heart is full of. Um, for the man of God to want to appease, sugarcoat, or pull away the true meaning of what that is in saying these things that white privilege is so difficult to actually admit that I have afforded a liberty that a group of people is not it's so painful or it's just so uh disarming that I don't want to use the term just says that I totally neglect the fact that there are disenfranchised people in this country that is constantly, perpetually being harmed in ways that are systematically built to hold them down. So rather than me say that, let's just try to church it up and call it white blessings. Because if I say it's white blessings, it's less offensive. Nevertheless, there is a whole group of people, black and brown people, who are suffering at the privilege of somebody else. What is the word privilege? And I'm going to just end with this. When I say I have privilege, that means that I have a favor afforded to me that somebody else doesn't. Mm -hmm. So to admit that, you would have to, uh, you would have to say mm -hmm. that I've been afforded things in this country and in this culture that other people have not. And a lot of people are not ready to admit that. So that's why it's more comfortable to say white blessings rather than white privilege. Okay. Um, I can't, that, since I let you go, I want to make sure that a uh, prophetess Deegan, if you want to be able to speak to that, I want you to be able to um, address that as well. His comment um, or even anything that uh, you might want to share about this as well. Wait, you're muted. Hold on. Hold on. We got to get to unmute. There you go. Go ahead. <laughs> well, absolutely. I think it would be appropriate and in order that I would be able to say something to the subject considering the context. So uh, if that would have been me, myself, in that interview, and that man would have said that to me, then we would have had an argument. Because that's a ridiculous statement. You know, the Bible says that, it, that God reigns on the just and the unjust. And so now you're going to sit here and break down a color and say that it's called blessing that's like superior to another color. Well, if God says he reigns on the just and the unjust, and ain't got nothing to do with color, then so is it as people of the Lord. Whatever the color, that, that would have been an insult to me that a, a white person would have said that to me or about white people being a, in an attitude of superiority or because that sounds so uh, offensive to call it privilege, we're going to change it to blessing. That to me is offensive, even as a white person. I would have been saying, like, wait up right here. Like, what does that mean if I would have been the interviewer? And we would have had to get into that because I make it clear. I don't care what my personal opinion is. We are entitled to have opinions. We're not entitled to be ruled by them in Christ, period. That's part of the renewing of our mind and the renewing of our spirit is becoming less like us and more like Christ. So as I think Pastor might have said, or Doctor, I don't remember which one, we, our position, and Apostle, you said it, our position is always on the side of the Lord. I don't care what the argument is. If you're going to come in a, in, a, in a way 
that's going to slander, disqualify, uh, totally push aside a gender, a race, a culture, whatever it be, while especially while you say you're an anointed vessel, you know what? We're going to have a talk right there because in no kind of way is that the spirit of God. In no kind of way is that the mentality of God. And whoever would follow that person that said that, I think I would check them before I keep following them. And that's what I'm going to say. Well, like I said, he did apologize. Um, and he I felt so. and he felt like, you know, what he said just didn't come out right. Um, but I think that these are the kind of conversations that we have to have. Um, and and then I don't want to get into political commentary, but you know, you have the ultra right, you know what I'm saying? Which which that has a lot to do with that. And so that's a political situation and I don't want to get into that because that's a whole nother conversation. However, you know what I'm saying? I don't want us to go into that. But I just think that we have to, this is not going to end here. This conversation may end here tonight with us, but these are conversations we got to have with our children. Black, white, Chinese, Indian, whatever. You know what I'm saying? These are conversations that we have got to have and we have to be willing to be transparent. We have to come to God and repent. And I want to revisit and then I'm going to um, come back because I want to ask a question about repentance and, 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 and dealing with racial disparities. But we ended the show last week on this video. And so I want to come back to this video because I think we need to talk about this because more of this is what's needed. skipped around. I'm going back to question number two. Jesus taught his disciples that if they are at the altar and remember their brother or sister has something against them, not that they themselves, because this has been the argument, well, we didn't do it. We weren't either. But if you remember that your brother or your sister has something against you, that you are to leave your gift, and Jesus said, first go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift, Matthew 5 and 24. What we saw was uh, forgetting about whatever our names are, forgetting about, and I don't even think that they were posturing for the, for the camera. I just think that whatever it was that was going on, the camera just happened to be there. I don't know the situation. Um, but those tears, you know what I'm saying? And that prayer was a serious prayer. So how can spiritual leaders mirror this verse and mirror what we've seen in that video 
um, as it relates to racial disparities and reconciliation while bringing hope and change in our community. That's the bottom line. And, and we got to say this quickly because I know we run out of time. How can we bring hope and change to our community? Because that's the bottom line. Listen, everybody in our community is not saved, but we're saved. We have Jesus. So how do we take this message? What can we do to bring healing to our communities? Somebody. Anybody? I hate always being the first one to talk. Who who's going? <laughs> okay, go ahead, Pastor Tina. I'll say something real simple. Become the change where you want to see. Become the change you want to see. They did it. If I wanted to do it, we could, I can do the same thing. So start by just being the change you want to see. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Who's next? Somebody. What can we do? What can we do? Okay, uh, go ahead, uh, Dr. McGinnis. I believe Pastor Tina. I believe Pastor Tina is correct, and I, I want to do that by saying, Prophetess Deegan, I think you are an awesome Christian woman of God because it is obviously uncomfortable for you to sit here being the only uh, white woman on this platform because we're having a conversation about changing that dynamic, but it hasn't changed completely yet. And so you are courageous. You are wonderful. And I, I honestly want to remain in contact with you because, listen, it's like having a family. I know some of my family weren't always right and I wasn't always right. And if people sat around and talked about how wrong my family was, but they haven't heard the good part about my family or talked about that, I would be uncomfortable. So I need to let you know, my sister in Christ, I commend you. I'm so glad you came back tonight. I was praying for you and I was praying you came back on because we are sisters locked yes. arm in arm yes. and every woman on here, I know we love you. So yes. God bless you. That's what I want. Amen. 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 And amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Uh, who, you want to, do you want to say something? We can't hear. You can't hear? We can't hear the prophetess. She's on mute. Can you, you hear me now? Go ahead. Yes. Mm -hmm. Doctor, I, I really want to thank you for that. Even those words, and you are correct. I'm on here and it is very uncomfortable, but I'm willing to be uncomfortable to be the bridge that that is the bridge of the breach. I'm willing to be uncomfortable. I, I have had, and I'm going to be honest, I have had some of my people, my friends say to me, why are you on there? You're the only white woman. It's all them against you. This is the truth wow. because apostle knows I'm not a phony, and I don't lie. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're president. I don't care what preacher, the Pope. I don't care. I'm going to say just the way God tells me to say it. So, yes, doctor, thank you. That was very touching, and I appreciate your words. They really touched me because I want reconciliation. I want to be the love of God on behalf of a history that I didn't do, and it wasn't to you, yet we're all thrown in it by our cultures, yeah. right? Yeah. So we have to bring healing. So, yes, 
at times it is uncomfortable because I want to say a whole lot of things, but I yield. I yield because I know that a lot of my black brothers and sisters at this time may feel like they haven't been heard. So I have been patient to yield when I really wanted to speak out, but I said no, because we need to listen. We need to give just a minute and listen. You know, we've been speaking a whole lot for a long time, okay? So I just wanted to dial it back and say, you know what? I need to listen. I need to let you bleed. I need to let you cuss or get mad. Stop your foot and whatever you need to do in order to deal with that heart that's broken in you. And then I'm going to try my best being a yielded vessel of God, though being white skinned, I'm going to try to bring some reconciliation so that we can all move past this. There needs, we got a dying world. We got some serious issues. And this is a serious issue too. We're watching it on television. It's destroying cities. It's destroying communities. And the wrap of it is this is the the sense for under the sound. What we're talking about right here, this is a sense for under the saddle that has promoted all of this. Come on, somebody. So we do have to deal with it. So, doctor, I really thank you. I covered your prayers. I do love all of you. And we're going to have talks where you're going to feel a little rough, I'm sure. And I'm going to feel a little rough, too. But like she said, we love one another's brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're going to be family. We're going to rub a little bit. But that doesn't mean tomorrow I still don't respect you. And I respect the anointing on your life and the wisdom on your life. And I still see you as God sees you with your beautiful black skin and all. You, you princess women. I still see your color. But I embrace the fullness of who God made you and what he's even called you to do in this dispensation of time to help bring change just like myself so i thank you for the opportunity apostle it has not been easy but it's been rotten and i'm willing to yield to listen to you so we can all make it work in the name of jesus christ amen amen Amen. i want to i want to let my god uh Nia, did you want to say something real quick? And then we're going to have to shut it's it down. really, really quick. <laughs> it, it's, it's really quick. I am so grateful that Apostle Fran, that you brought this group of women together and what was said. And I, I even feel the healing. When I um, see um, Prophetess Laura, um, tears, her heart is breaking for what our needs are. And the love that Dr. Um, McKinnis is like demonstrating, this is a powerful powerful start like you ask the questions how do we do it this is how we do it just what we just did right now how we can say i'm going to be i'm going to steal that from you prophet i'm let you know so if you see it on facebook (laughs) i'm willing to be uncomfortable to be the bridge it's like you know how powerful that is being able to say that i don't have the answers I don't care about having the answers. I just know I want to be a part of the solution. So you ladies, woman of God, apostle, this was God ordained. And I I don't know any of you ladies personally except for apostle, but I love you. And I'm so grateful to have um, graced this conversation with you all. So, yeah, we have already begun. Yes. So that's what my answer is. And, And I'm so grateful for this. And I have to tell you, um, when I put the call out to do this, I couldn't get people bold enough to get up here. My other Caucasian brothers and sisters. And so I already know, because I know Prophetess Deegan, okay? She's, she, 
some of the Floridians are like New Yorkers. Okay, so that's you, that's pretty much what it is. And so I knew, you know, and so and when we had some conversation, you know, and I shared with her, listen, this is we got this is the perspective. We got to be able to hear this. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm thankful for her being uncomfortable, sitting through it, sharing her heart, receiving what we were saying and us being able to receive what she was saying. I thank God for each one of you and for you taking the time to be able to share your heart. And I pray that the healing really does begin because the other side of that prophet, that prophetic word that that the man of God was sharing was that that we're going to see the move of God. But this is part of this is part of the purge. You know how they had the movie the purge? This is part of the purge and this has had to happen. We you you can't have the sweet without the bitter. You can't have the glory without the story that comes behind it or goes before it. So we needed this. And I'm so grateful that we all, you know what I'm saying, did not feel like, okay, well, I don't want nobody to say I'm a racist because I'm having this conversation. These are things that we have to do. We are apostolic people and we have a mission from God to do his will so that we can fulfill our assignment and bring people to Christ. How can we do it if we don't sit here and have these think tanks and have these discussions and and, and even if we have to have knockdown dragouts, whatever, as long as we come back together and be able to say, listen, I didn't see that like that, like, you know, when you said that or whatever, but thank you for showing that to me. I'm going to ask God to help me. That is my prayer. So I just thank God for all of you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for spending time with us tonight with our viewers. We are over time. We are, we're certainly not out of word and not out of things that we can say. But thank God for these this awesome panel. Join us next week because we will be back next week. So panelists, y'all wave goodbye to everybody. Say good night. Say good night. We thank God for you all. Thank you again for joining us. And I encourage you all, please join us next Tuesday because we're going to be dealing with other subjects on next Tuesday. We know that God is going to minister. He's going to speak and he's going to bless for his glory. So until then, God bless you and good night. Bless you. A list we shouldn't have to make of names we shouldn't have to remember, but nightmares we want to escape. Proven injustice may last forever. I'm running out of room to write. credit card that gives you what you need now, a low interest rate on everyday purchases, and a place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed, and together we can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. 
Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.